0: I want to talk about expectations because you have them. Everybody in the room has expectations. Some of you have very high expectations. Some of you have excessive expectations. Some of you have very low expectations. When you go see a movie, you have expectations. When you go to a movie that you've seen before. It's like a sequel. You're hoping for a great... You, you, you have expectations. You go to a restaurant. Whether it's your first time to a restaurant or your 30th time to a restaurant, you have some expectations about that. What are your expectations about church? What are your expectations about God? What, what do you expect God to do in 2017 in your life? How will 2017, December 31st, be different than December 31st of 2016? Do you expect this year to be better, to be greater than last year, or do you have low expectations? Well, there's a real danger in low expectations. And I want to talk to us this morning about a story of a man who, quite frankly, had very low expectations. So I hope you have a bulletin, lots of fill-ins today. We're going to start with Acts chapter 3. Here's our story. If you want to turn to it, flip to it, find it on the phone, find it in your Bible. But here's the story. We're going to read Acts chapter 3, and I'm going to read it on the screens. Here we go. One day, here's our story, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. This is post-resurrection. This is before the temple's destroyed in AD 70. This might be about AD 40 ish, okay? One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, See, he expects something. He asks them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. And so the man gave them his attention. What's the word? Expecting. Are you all with me? What's the word? Expecting. Expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I don't have. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes too. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he said, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's what? Feet and ankles became strong. So here's the story. You've got a man who's been lame from birth and he gets some guys to carry him they carry the brother they set him down by this beautiful gate called beautiful he's there every day same routine every day every day he's there they carry him they put him down he asks he begs he receives how he funds himself is is through begging his expectation was every single day that i'm going to go to the temple court i'm not going to go through the gate it's a huge gate, 60 feet wide, pure gold. I'm not going to the temple courts. I'm outside the courts. I'm near the courts, but I'm not going through the courts to the gate. I'm outside, and I'm just going to sit here, and I'm going to bag. Now, how will this year be any better or any greater or any different than last year? What is faith? Here's your first fill-in. Faith is raising your expectations faith is raising your expectations not in what you can do, but in what God can do. Not in your ability, but in what God wants to do in you and through you and among you. Now think about this man for just a few minutes. This man, his mind works. He can have a conversation with them. So his tongue works. He can talk to them. We know that his eyes work. He saw Peter and John. We know that his ears worked. He could hear them. He gave them full attention when they said, look at us, look at us. Uh, His hands worked because he was a beggar. And every day he would reach out and receive some of those coins. As far as we know, his back worked. As far as we know, his legs worked. The only thing we don't think worked, according to the text, are his feet and are his ankles. Now think about this. He probably wasn't six foot four, but it works well with my illustration. So if the guy was six feet four, about four inches of this man doesn't work. He's got, from his ankle to his his foot, is about four inches. So he's got 72 inches of this man works, and about four inches of this man doesn't work, right? Right? So if you don't ever see better, look at the next one. You you will never live better. And all he could see were his four inches. All he ever looked at were his four inches. All he ever noticed were his four inches. Folks, he's got 72 inches that work. And all he can see are the four inches in his life that don't work. Is that you? Is all you see, figuratively speaking, your ankles... And your feet. I know you went through a divorce. I know you had a bankruptcy. Maybe you had an abortion back. Maybe college didn't go so well. Maybe you did some things, said some things. Maybe life didn't start off well. Maybe your dad was this and your mom was this. and You had a teacher. But all you can see in your life right now are your four inches. And you have completely missed, like this man, This man's got hands that work, eyes that work, ears that work, a mind that works. He has all these incredible things in front of him that work, and all he can focus on are his four inches. If all you ever see, look at the next one, all you ever see, you'll never live better. If all you ever see is lameness, you will never develop an appetite for wholeness. And this man, all he could see, i got to beg, carry me to the gates, lay me down here, put me right here. I know I've got a mind I could be a bookkeeper. I know I've got a mind I could be a CPA. I know I've got a mind I could be an attorney. I, I know I've got hands at work I could make things. I know I could craft things. All the things this guy could do, incredible amount of things this man could do, but he focused on what he could not do. Now let me ask you this. If you focus on your four inches, this will not be a better year. If all you see are your, figuratively speaking, your feet and your ankle problems, this will not be your best year ever. And so which of these two are you going to focus on? Will you focus on the lameness or will you focus on the wholeness that is in front of you? Well, that's your challenge. But faith is raising your expectations, not in what you can do. You know what you can do. You know what you've done. You know what your skills are. You know what your lids are. You know what your limits are. But faith is raising your expectation in what your heavenly Father can do in you and through you. So if all we see is lameness, we aren't able to develop an appetite for wholeness. So then what do we do? Well, we build a routine we begin to build a routine around what we think can't be changed. Carry me, carry me to the temple, every day, same job to beg, same spot to ask people for money. And so you build a routine. And so when people say like the words, well, this is just my new normal, I want to scream. I want to scream. This is just my new normal. What? I think you're chosen. I think you're part of a royal priesthood. I I think you're a son of the king. I think you're a daughter of the king. What what do you mean you're new normal? And that's all you can see? That's all you can focus on? So we build a routine. Well, I guess I'm just going to be single. I guess I'm just going to be miserable in marriage. I guess I just won't ever be able to adopt. I guess I just won't be able to have this. I I guess I'll just be lonely. I guess I just can't be able to remember names. I guess I'll just be broke all of my life. I guess I just missed the great industry and I just missed the opportunities. Poor, pitiful me. But you're a child of the king. And so here's this guy at this gate. And a gate is access, right? The reason you have a gate is you go through a gate, you, you enter into something, and you have, you have access into something. So here this guy is. And he's staring, folks, at a 60-foot-wide gate made out of gold. It's pure gold. And he sees this gate, and he just decides he's not going to go in. He's built a routine around what he thinks is normal. What what if he didn't build that routine? What if he gave his life to God? What if he put his faith in his heavenly Father? What if he was incredibly challenged by the opportunity to be a man of faith and to go forward. What what would be different in his life? Let Let me ask you this. Do you believe that God can help you with your addiction? Do you believe that God can give you breakthroughs with some of your bad habits? Do you really believe that God can transform your heart on the inside do you believe that God can give you some of the most incredible spiritual friends and family members and opportunities and relationships? Um, we, we talked about Tom talked about the fast just a little bit while ago, and maybe you didn't know about it. So, so we've got like 14 days left. But I'm gonna get in your business for just a little bit. And there's plenty of people out there that want your seat. So if you want to leave, leave now. Okay. Well, I, I want to get in your business for just a little bit. Are you ready? You see, if, if you knew about the fast and you didn't do the fast with, with us, you don't have a dream to feed. If you knew about the fast and you said, I, I'm not going to do it, you don't have a dream to feed because people who have a dream to feed are asking God to do greater things than they could ever dream or ever imagine. And the reason that we're fasting, we're praying, is we're asking God, I know what I can do, but God, I need to know what you can do. I know what she can do. I know what the family can do, but God, we want to know what you can do. If you did not participate, that's up to you. It's not my business. It's your business. Well, I just got in your business. But, but if, if you didn't take the fast, it's because you don't have a dream to feed. It's like people, I'm at Publix on Sunday afternoon. I am not the attendance Nazi of this church. I cannot keep up with who comes and who doesn't come. I have no clue. So I'm at Publix on a Sunday afternoon, and there's somebody there at Publix, and they'll say to me, oh, pastor, we didn't come to church today, you know? And, and I'm like, I didn't, I don't even know who they are, you know? And much less, no, they weren't in church. And, And I I always feel bad for them. I'm always trying to make them feel like, you know, oh, it's okay, you know. I've changed that. I've started to say, you know what, hell is really hot. That's my new phrase from this point on. Darn right it is. That'll preach, won't it, right at Publix, baby, right at Publix. If you wake up on a Sunday morning and you say, are we going to church, are we going to the beach, are we going to... If, if you wake up and you don't really know, you don't have a dream to feed. Because people have a dream to feed. Feed on the Word of God. People have a dream to feed. They fast and they pray and they want all the spiritual resources to help them to be moms and to be dads and to be grandfathers and be grandparents, to, to be the business people, to be the leaders. People have dreams to feed. They're taking advantage of all the spiritual resources available. How are you doing with the fast? Those of you that are on the coffee plan, no coffee, I'm staying away from you, okay? And all the people that are doing without alcohol, I'm coming around you because you're sober now. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I've, I've never quite known you like this before. It's a great experience. Um, I got four different foods, and one of my foods are chips. I know that doesn't sound like a big deal. That's probably the simplest of the four. It's the one I crave all day long. I don't know why. I crave that salt. I crave those chips. Not just any chips, not the blue chips, not those healthy organic chips. You know, not that kind of crap that Danita gives me, you know, on a fishing trip. (laughs) And I take those chips that she gives me on a fishing trip, those healthy ones, I dump them in the water. Even the catfish won't eat them. (laughs) Those are bad chips if the catfish. So I love those corn chip things, you know, and so I go to Wildfields, and the proprietors were actually in first service. I, I was planning on telling the story in first service anyway, and so the proprietors are here, but they got these yellow corn chips all around the counter, free chips all everywhere, chips and salsa, and I thought, this is the Antichrist. Why would you do this? Why would you do this to me? So I've asked them to take all their chips out of their store, I won't. I won't go back for a couple, couple of weeks. Do you have a dream to feed? Do you have a dream to feed? You see, anytime you don't go in, you start making excuses. Well, I just wasn't meant to be. I just, I'm going to be this way all my life. Well, let's not make excuses. Let's not make excuses about why we're not accomplishing the great things that God has in store for us. When, um,. So I was a senior pastor for 16 years in Memphis, and then when I was coming here, I guess you call it a trial sermon. We were in the high school at the time, and um, so I came here to, to do a kind of a trial sermon deal at the high school, and I found out the night before that they have, you know, like no podium, no music stand, no nothing. You know, the guy just gets up there, you know, with the Bible or whatever. Now, I, I've been preaching with a 10-page manuscript for 16 years. For over 16 years in a row, I'd used a 10-page manuscript. The night before the trial sermon, I find out there is no stuff up here. And I thought, what in the world am I going to do? And so I prayed about it. And as I was praying, I think I heard God's voice say to me, you know, you know what you can do. And I know what you can do. Do you want to know what I can do? No, it scares me. You can do this. And so the next morning on my trial sermon, first time in my life I ever preached without notes. Now, you've got to be a village idiot to do that on a trial sermon or to hear the voice of God. I was about a year and a half into this leading our church. This would be back in about 06. And um, it was a tough, these were tough days and tough years and tough times. My leadership was here. My, my leadership needed to be up here, and, and my leadership was about tapped out. And, and I, same thing. Do you want to know what I can do, or, or do you want to you want to keep doing what you think what you think you can do? You see, if you, if you don't go in, you, you just start making excuses. Well, you know, this just isn't going to work. Well, you know, I've tried that before. Well, I just can't break that addiction. Well, I just, I just can't break that habit. Well, I just can't get over all the guilt and shame from my past. Why would we make excuses? So here's a guy who sits and he begs every day. He's got four inches that don't work. Four inches that don't work. 72 inches work. And that's all he can see. Are you focusing on your four inches? Do you see the 72 inches? And then faith is raising your expectations, not what you can do, but what your heavenly Father can do. What do you see? You'll never live better until you see better. Well, so here comes, you know, religion is routine. But, but here comes a relationship. I'm getting ready to teach you something that you may not have ever heard before. So without speaking, I want you to stand up. Stand up. Everybody. Sit down. I want your full attention because you're not supposed to do this in a message. I'm getting ready to take a hard right turn. But you've heard something probably 20 times in your life. And I want to tell you, teach you something that I don't think has been taught the way that it probably is really true. So all of a sudden, we've got this whole thing about routine, and let's carry the brother, and let's set him down there, and he expects a little bit of something. But here comes relationship. And any time relationship comes, it messes up routine. Relationship always messes up routine. And so here's, here's a scripture that goes with this. Peter said, he said, look, I, I, I'm begging I'm begging. I want something from you guys. And Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. And so we've interpreted that for years, that these are two poor missionary broke brothers. How many broke Jewish people do you know? I don't know any. All right? Scholars have said, we have misinterpreted this all these years. The whole reason this guy is asking Peter and asking John is because, just think about this. These guys were businessmen. We know Peter owned a house. We know Peter had a house where his mother-in-law was healed. They owned fishing business, fishing boats. These two guys were businessmen. These were not two poor missionaries. The reason that this guy asked them for money, he could hear the money belt and you came at 3 o'clock in the afternoon to give a temple tax, a temple sacrifice. Peter and John are good Jewish boys. They would never come to the church service, to the temple, without an offering. And the reason this guy asked Peter and John for an offering is because Peter and John looked like they had money. Do you ever, you know, rob a homeless man? Does anybody mug a homeless person? Nobody asks a homeless person for anything, Right? these guys were not poor. What they're saying is, we got something better. We got something bigger. We got something far greater than money. You don't need money. It's how you see life. It's your your mindset. You have a lame mindset. And so we're we're not going to give you silver and gold. We're not going to give that to you. Here's what you need. You need a relationship. And when you get a relationship, A relationship with Jesus Christ changes everything and changes everybody. Nobody's ever the same when they meet the Savior. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, brother, walk. Do you want this to be your greatest year yet? A year to walk in freedom? A year to walk in power? A year to walk in victory? A year to walk in peace? This can be your greatest year ever. It's, about a, it's not a routine. It's not about religion. It's about your relationship with Jesus of Nazareth. Look at the next little phrase we've got on here. Taking him by the right hand. So his hands worked, folks. 72 inches, if he was 6'4", probably wasn't that big. But 72 inches, this guy worked. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's, and this is what was wrong with him, His feet and his ankles. It doesn't even say his legs. His feet and his ankles. And they became strong. Look at the next section if you would. Go to the next slide if you would, Dan. Let's walk. Or maybe we've never walked before. You got 14 days left in this fast. I'm not going to ask you at Publix if you're fasting. I'm not going to get in your business. I'm just going to tell you hell's hot. I, I won't do that. I don't do that. Let's walk where we've never walked before. What would you like God to do in your family? What would you like that only God can do in your business? What would you like for God to do that only God can do inside of your mind, your will, and your emotions? Where are your feet and your ankle issues that only your heavenly Father can do something about? Now, that, that's walking, baby. That's victory, That's a year worth living. That's a December 31st, 2017. Let's have a party and high-five each other and and jump a pew and slap your mama. That's exciting. (laughs) That's what it's all about right there. So let's walk where we have never walked before. Let's go back to the text, if you would, for just a minute. He jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. Now, that's cool, but look at the rest of the passage. Then he went with them, Look at the word. What's the next word? Into. Say into. He went into. He'd been sitting outside of this gate. It's the Eastern Gate, the Western Wall we've been talking about all the last two weeks on television, all these fighting going on, Israeli Palestinians. It's close. It's not the Western Wall, it's the Eastern Gate. So it's the Eastern side of this. He gets to go in. And this is so cool. He gets to go in to the temple courts. He's never been to the temple. It's a relationship. I'm telling you, you can come to church every day, the rest of your life, but once you meet the Savior, once you give your life to the Savior, the Savior is going to save all of you every single day. And the Savior then changed this man's life. Now, there's three parts to this. He's walking, which is cool. He's jumping, which is awesome. But the third part, that's the good part, he's praising God. He's praising God. And you see, when you get to the point where God does something supernatural in your life, you know you're not that good, you know you're not quite that qualified, and you know the Savior did something, He broke that addiction, He gave you power over your insecurity. He gave you strength over your anxiety. He allowed you to forgive somebody that's really not deserving forgiveness. You know that was God. And when that happens, and that's God in your life, you are forever, not about religion, which is routine, it's about this relationship. So last Sunday night, um, my family and, and Emily's um, boyfriend, we we were all sitting down, and we got out this big dry erase board, and we put all our name. I put all of our names at the top of it, and then we've got columns about, you know, what what are we going to pray for, for Danita, and for Kurt, for Erica, and her husband Jeff, and for Andrew, and for Emily, and for Ethan, and we got, we got all these things listed. And, and every day, I look at that sheet. And Danita and I prayed for it this morning. I was eating my cereal, walking around the room. She said, can you sit down? I said, no, I can't sit down. I'm so excited about this morning. So I, we pray this morning. We pray at nighttime before we go to bed. I, I look at that and, and we're asking God to do some incredible things. But what we Danita did before we last Sunday night, before we started writing on that dry erase board, she read last year's. And she read what we'd put last year and so, the most amazing thing is, I didn't even remember what we put down on there, but over 50% of what we asked for in the fast last year all came to pass. 50% of the things that we fasted and prayed for for 21, and they were some huge things. Some were financial, some were vocational, some were relational. Some were just some quirky things, and some were our neighbors and evangelism. So you could say, well, you know, half of them didn't come true. That's right. Half of them didn't come true yet, yet. But half of them did. What if you put on your list some things that are so great that only your Heavenly Father could give you that victory? And what if half of those things He fulfilled? 2017. Would that be a good year? Would that be a great year? Would that be a supernatural year? That'd be a spectacular year, wouldn't it? So here's how I want to wrap this up this morning. Um, I want you to have a dream to feed. I want you to ask your Heavenly Father to do what only a heavenly father could do. He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Paul tells us, forget what's behind us, stretch toward what's ahead. Jeremiah says, I got plans to bless you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope, plans to give you a future. Your heavenly father is all in on this. And he wants you to be great and greatness is available to you. I hope you don't have low expectations. I hope you have expectations through the ceiling this morning on what your heavenly Father can do. So I'm going to ask our prayer partners to try to come down front. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to have a prayer time, and I want to pray with you and pray for you. So join me in prayer right now, if you would, as our prayer partners come down front. And after I'm finished praying, the place to start is always with Christ, is always to give your life to Christ. And maybe you've got some feet and ankle problems, figuratively speaking, that you want special prayer for this morning. You want to be prayed for. You want to be prayed over. I'm going to ask you this morning uh, to take advantage of the opportunity of prayer. Now, let's go to prayer. Let's go to our Father in prayer. And let's, let's expect him to do some great things in your life this year. You are the king of kings. Not just a king. You're the king of kings. And you are the Lord of lords. Not just the Lord, you're the Lord of lords. You are the great I am. Nothing is impossible for you. We come under your umbrella of protection. We come under your umbrella of provision. We come under your umbrella of leadership and wisdom and vision and guidance and direction. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you. We come to the cross. We come to the resurrection. We come to the ascension. We come to all the things you have in store for us. God, give us faith. God, give us hope. God, give us courage. God, give us wisdom. God, we will not walk, think, breathe in lameness. We will walk, dream, breathe, think in greatness by the power of the great I am. It's in your name we pray today.